<laughs> I think we're live. Yeah, you got it. This guy moved. We haven't even started yet. He's getting into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skip Happens. It's another great, great, fun episode of Skip Happens. I promise. I promise you. <laughs> Want y'all to say hi to my friend Deb Lamphere right up there. She is the president and founder. Oh, wait, there you go. She's the president and founder of the official country music fan club. And of course, uh, we've actually hung out. I'm I'm pointing, but you don't see my. Oh no, one are going the wrong way. Right over there is our guest, uh-huh. ladies and gentlemen. That's him. Yes, exactly. Oh wait, this is hard. There we go. <laughs> I love this guy. I love him already. <laughs> Watch you do that all night. Oh, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Or I could play with my fidget spinner while you do that too. Anyways. I know with my fidget spinner. <laughs> Not totally with fidget spinners. You must have one of those if you were where I, we were just a couple of years ago. Ladies and gentlemen, it's James Robert Webb, independent artist. Uh, one of the reasons why country music is so good right now. He's putting out <laughs> music. And uh, yeah, seriously. Uh, this guy's the coolest, man. He's the coolest. We've uh, actually met a couple of times. He's been through on a radio tour. I think it was you came through a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken. A couple of times, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, of course, Deb and I, we make our trip to Nashville for the country radio seminar. I usually see it kind of hanging around the lobby. Yeah. Um, I'm hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> good, but in a good way. Good way. How are you, James? Good to see you, my friend. I'm doing pretty well. I'm uh, glad to be back on here on, on Skip Happens. Thanks for having me back. I, I I I guess you had a short memory. I can't believe you invited me back after last time. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, why know, did something happen last time? We're like hurting for guests. So, um, <laughs> I don't remember what happened. Wasn't Maybe I wasn't there. Order involved or something? I can't remember. Uh, there was something going on. No, I have another podcast. Sorry, I don't know. Or we had him in the studio. It was one or the other. But uh, anyways, uh, James Robert Webb, uh, country artist, got some music out there. He's got a new song out, and uh, of course, uh, your home, just like everybody else. Whereabouts is home, and describe your surroundings a little bit. Yeah, well, uh, you know, Google can probably tell you precisely where I'm at, like with my trackers and stuff. But I'm actually in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I'm in a suburb called Bixby, Oklahoma. Bixby, Oklahoma. Bixby, America. Okay. Yeah, so I'm precisely halfway between New York and L.A. at the moment. Like right halfway. Pretty much halfway. (laughs) It's pretty much right in the middle of the flyover states. I love it. That's cool. That's cool. And you've got a new single out. How do you pronounce that? Very carefully. Mm-hmm. I know because I said, like, started to, and my son looked at me and said, "What are you saying, Dad?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. look, I got. We didn't want to get the FCC or you know any any of this. Yeah, it's it's a oak fusky whiskey. So oak fusky whiskey. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, it's kind of in that vein of you know, it's an Indian name. It's Native American indigenous name uh, in Oklahoma, oak fusky. So kind of like Okamulgee or, you know, everybody knows Oki from Muskogee. Muskogee. You know? oh, yeah. that. Even Deb remembers that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not quite as hard as Oki Finoki, but everybody knows that one. But nobody knows <laughs> Busky. So. Tell us a little bit about James Robert Webb. Tell us about you, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I grew up in Oklahoma. I grew up listening to country music and, and everything. And uh, I've always been, you know, always banging around on the piano and, and doing all that kind of stuff. I got interested in songwriting probably about eight years ago. And uh, that's when I kind of made my way to Nashville and uh, kind of found my voice and, and all that really. It's kind of kind of weird because I always played music as a side guy, but I never really sang until I started writing. And uh, gosh, now here we are, I think like eight, 
top 40s on Music Row later. We just had top 20 on Music Row with a good time waiting to happen. Yes, absolutely. I think my publicist told me that if we ever, if the if the world ever comes back together and we have a CMA again, because uh, of that charting last time, I get to walk the red carpet at CMA next time. <laughs> which I'm like, okay, yeah, wow, things are starting to happen. So and and you know, it's like it's all because of support from uh, you know stations in towns like Syracuse, like Wolf, and uh, all the listeners and people responding to that. So I'm really lucky uh, that you know for whatever reason people like my music. So thank you. You know, I think uh, I think it's also time. Because you're in Tulsa, just outside of Tulsa. So. That's right. And you uh, did that song, right? Didn't you do it? You did the cover. So it's about, uh, you know, last May, right in the middle of the pandemic, we finally released this album that we've been planning on doing. <laughs> and, like Kind of right in the middle of the pandemic. And, uh, and we haven't been able to tour it or anything. Uh, but yeah, Tulsa Time, one of the tracks on there, uh, it's basically just everybody knows that song, right? Every bar band in Nashville and like anywhere around knows that old Don Williams song. And, uh, yeah, it, but we wanted to do it a little bit different. And that's kind of what I like to do, especially when I'm doing covers, is try to find some fresh perspective, you know, like, because for me, I mean, if, if somebody's doing a cover, I'd rather hear somebody else sing the cover than me. So what I can usually bring to it is like, you know, my mind works in a weird way. I like as a producer. So I always like to spin things 180. So what we did on this Tulsa time is it's like a Western swing, straight up version, you know. So it sounds like a sleep at the wheel is playing Tulsa time. Yeah. I have uh, kidnapped Ray Benson, tied him up in the broom closet, and I'm seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so um, here we are, and uh, this whole pandemic thing has pretty much put a stop on life, so to speak, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still do what we have to do. You do too. Life goes on. You know, people, I'm singing at a wedding this Saturday, you know. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. It's, it's kind of ground a lot of things to halt. Yeah, but you you are having you will be at a wedding this week. I'll be singing at a wedding on Saturday in Kellyville, Oklahoma, my hometown. Wow, how cool is that? How cool yeah, is that? that's really cool. cool. Web sing at your wedding. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. You know, and I think you know I, I can see. Yeah, I mean, having somebody at your wedding that you know that you like their music that that's amazing. But like, what's even more amazing for me is that like they wanted me to sing one of my songs. So. Mm-hmm. Like wow, I mean, I, there's really not a higher, uh, higher compliment than that. You know, first of all, that they they want me to sing at their wedding, and uh, they want me to sing, you know, one of my songs. So we're going to sing "I Love You and Me" off the album. So. Oh wow, very cool, oh, very, nice. very nice. Tell us about your songwriting process, James. Gosh, uh, you know, it's every which way. You know, I uh, I've written songs kind of every which way and I've written, you know, duds every which way and I've written <laughs> like better, better ones. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, I, the easiest obviously is ones that are telegraphed from somewhere else. And the more I write, the more I believe those kind of things come from somewhere else. You know, and if you want to say, you know, God or the universe or, you know, there's, you know, maybe the collective unconscious or, or, or something, it's just the fact that I'm listening, uh, there and being the receiver. A lot of times I, I really believe that's what happens. Um, because you just kind of wake up with it and, uh, you know, you write it and other times I work on something for months or a couple of years, you know, uh, maybe, um, I think I always go back to that story with, uh, the Beatles and, um, uh, Paul McCartney 
you know, I, the story is that they, you know, like they're touring around, they're playing all these places and, you know, at, at warm up and, you know, in between and in the green rooms and all the time, like for a year or so, he keeps, uh, Paul McCartney's playing this thing on piano and it's just driving John Lennon nuts. Guano. Yeah. I can't see. Mm-hmm. I watch my language on here anyway. I know. I know. Yeah, driving him nuts. And, you know, he just starts calling it scrambled eggs or whatever, you know, just like stop playing that ridiculous song and it, and it ends up, you know, and Paul never gives up. And, you know, Paul, won, you know, John and Paul, you know, definitely one of the, some of the greatest songwriters in modern times and of all time, people would say. And uh, that song, you know, as you probably know, the story was yesterday, mm-hmm. which really defined, you know, I've had a lot, I had a college professor who, you know, English professor who like analyzed that story because he just looked, or uh, the song from an English perspective, just because he loves the, you know, the song and the use of language in it. And, yeah, sometimes they're like that. I mean, I'm not saying I've written yesterday, but you know, well, yesterday my trip. Right. I mean, just right. yeah, they did. But uh, how about Zoom? Have you been doing it o- over Zoom? Have you gotten together with anybody that way? Or I write, I write a lot over Zoom. Uh, I write uh, I write two or three times a week by Zoom usually. Um, and I've I don't know I've, I've, I think I've written with about thirty different artists in 2021 or in 2020 over Zoom during the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I it's Zoom's a little bit harder for people. Uh, I don't have too much of a problem with it, but I, uh, because I just kind of you have to project. It's kind of like doing this podcast, right? We're not, mm-hmm. when we did the podcast before, we had a lot of fun. We're feeding off of each other, you know. We, you know, we're in the room and and we have a connection. But uh, you know, you and I have worked together before, like you mentioned. We've met you know multiple yeah. other times at CRS, and so it's easier for us to just kind of uh, you know, like I'm not talking to a screen. I'm talking to my friend Skip, right? And I'm talking to Deb, and we're just you know, it's like you know, talking to your sister on the phone or whatever. So you just kind of project the warmth through there. Some people are a little off put by that. And uh, I think a lot of times, you know, when you're getting to know somebody, you pick up on a lot of cues like body language and stuff. And, and there's a limitation on that, I think. But for the most part, I think, it, especially if you've ever written before, and, and, and particularly people that you write with a lot, um, you know, Zoom makes it easier because even, mm-hmm. even in Nashville, it's like everybody wants to write by Zoom now anyway. So. <laughs> you're like two doors away, but well, let's just write by Zoom. Just because you, know. you don't have to get out of your pajamas at that point. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's it too. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't want me to stand up right now. I'm in my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you don't see. Um, but uh, writing by Zoom, you don't get that uh, connection. You don't get that feeling. I don't. We've heard that from Deb and I have spoken to so many different artists about this. Um, just sometimes you don't. Well, yeah, you you can see their eyes, but you, you don't see their complete body language. You don't know. Sometimes you, it's harder to feed off of somebody that way. Yeah, it also depends on your um, your comfort level in writing and in your writing style. So, like, I'm um, like an example would be one of my uh, some of my frequent co writers. Well, not all of them, but like I have a, I, I've got one co writer, Alex Dooley, who he's. Mm-hmm what we call a spitter meaning he's like you know throws out ideas all the time and a lot of times we'll say people are tend to be like spitters or editors you know so you might have one person you know throwing out a bunch of lines and the other person like uh, editing them and i, I kind of do both but uh to me it's kind of i don't know that's where the doctor side does help because i i kind of look at balancing the 
like you realize that, you know, there's all these rules and left brain things that you're subconsciously doing and like turning right. phrases in your head and trying to find rhymes and, you know, is there an alliteration and, you know, is this an ooh and an ooh and, you know, all those kind of things and, and subtle things. On the flip side, you have to learn to turn that off and do that subconsciously and just let the, you know, the force flow or whatever, you know, whatever the creative side uh, is doing and, and filter it through that. So, uh, it depends. I mean, I've had, I've written some great songs. I mean, I've written an amazing catalog with uh, an artist uh, named Raleigh Keegan uh, okay. this year, which I, I mean, when you hear some of these songs that they're written by zoom, you know, some of the best songs I've written, I'd say, you know, I think there's two or three of them that are just like really fantastic. So, um, yeah, I don't think I think you can write by Zoom, but I think it, you you have to be open to the idea. And like I said, I think the biggest limiting factor for people is if you're, it's not really the best way to write the first time with somebody. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've, I've disappeared, but that's all right. Deb wants to go write a Zoom song. Let's see if she could test it out the water. Uh, maybe she went off to listen to it. I don't know the new single. I'm not really sure, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned the phrase doctor, and I don't know how many people really realize that you are. An actual doctor, and uh, I'll do. I am, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like the opposite of uh, what's the guy that was in um, what's the big movie Vegas, uh, The Hangover? Is it Kim Jong? Oh, Hangover, yes. Yeah, yes. he's you know, <laughs> goofy, but like, uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, he's a comedian though, right? So oh, I guess I yeah. can cut him some slack, but so yeah. I guess my reason for saying that um, you're obviously a very busy man. You have your practice, you're a doctor, uh, but you're doing country music. When do you find time? Well, obviously, you've been playing country music for a while, right. um, probably even before you went to medical school, I would assume. Absolutely. So you, you went to, uh, let me bring Deb back up here. Hang on. She's coming. Hang on. I think she's, there she is. Hi, Deb. Welcome back. You said goodbye before I even popped off the screen on my end. That was kind of fun. Like you said, oh, we lost Deb, and I was still here. So <laughs> you knew before me I was going to disappear. <laughs> so this the, the magic of uh, what we're doing here. I'm gonna I'm gonna move us around again. Hang mm -hmm. on. Yeah. So here sorry about that, guys. I must be my internet. Now oh. she's down there. That's okay. <laughs> I'm on time. It didn't sound right, but anyways. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we were talking about the fact that you mentioned doctor, and I said there's probably a lot of viewers that don't realize that James Robert Webb is actually Doctor Webb, and uh, he's got a practice in Tulsa, and uh, so and I was asking him, you know, he's how does he balance it all? Being a doctor, you're a busy man, but yet you're you're doing country, you're doing something you love. How do you do all that? How do you make it work, James? And three kids on top of that. Yeah, that's right. I mean, wh what I love is that you think I'm making it work. <laughs> you, know, it's, uh, you know, it's spinning plates continuously. And, uh, you know, some days I don't know uh, what's going on as far as, uh, uh, you know, balancing everything. You know, for me, I've, you know, I've always said that, you know, priority number one has always got to be, whether I'm talking to my office staff or my, you know, my uh, management team or, Priority number one has to be me and my health because if you know if I'm uh, so many people depend on me if I don't uh, you know if I'm not healthy then I you know that all breaks down and then second I have to put my family there second although I'm not saying that I'm perfect at that I'm, I'm probably really terrible at it I think uh, a lot of times uh, but that's the goal is to you know try to keep family number two there because otherwise they're gonna get you know knocked out of there and then you know after all that stuff then comes the music right 
And so if I want to be, a, you know, if I want to be a great songwriter, just like if I wanted to make the PGA tour and I was a golfer, like, you know, like a lot of doctors, then I have to like focus on that every day. But, uh, you know, for me, it really comes back down to, um, I love this wisdom that I've always heard. I think, I think I heard it from my grandmother probably first, but I've heard a lot of places and different patients and people, but it's like, if you have a job that you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we, uh, the other corollary to that is like when you have kids, people talk about when your kids are young, you're busy working and just, you know, busting it. And, uh, you know, being a workaholic and trying to, you know, trying to build up that nest egg for retirement. But by the time you retire, your kids are grown and they're gone. Right. And so uh, we've got it backwards that way. So for me, I try to focus on not working, not being a workaholic uh, as a as a, a physician and kind of focus more on, on the quality and quantity or than quantity. But uh, but then I then it ends up I become a workaholic in music. Right. So, <laughs> and trying to write, cause I, you know, I write every day pretty much. And. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, but I will say I don't do a lot of, uh, you know, I don't watch TV. I mean, I, I watch some Netflix or something at night when I'm going to bed or whatever, or, or a movie, but I don't, uh, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. You know, that's probably for me that it's kind of hard as an artist to not, you know, be a, you know, be on social media all the time. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. So I mean, almost everything on social media is something uh, that somebody else is posting. Although I try to, you know, like make sure it's authentic and that it's stuff from me, but it's just sure. like, um, it, it's challenge, just like for anybody in the modern world. Right. And I, and these kind of themes, I mean, you don't have to be trying to be a, you know, to get a Grammy and as a country music artist or achieving like, trying to be elected president or some you know, massive uh, dream in order to just realize how difficult it is in modern time to just unplug and, you know, be aware and be present uh, of those around you and in your life in general. Cause, and I think it, it seems to fly by faster than ever just because of all the techno distractions. Don't you think? Uh, yeah. We've talked about that a few times and yeah. everything is just like flying, flying, even, during this time of this pandemic and everything, it's like, wow, uh, the week goes by like, like it feels like seconds, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, wow, it's another weekend. I'm not complaining, but mm -hmm. then again, I guess maybe I am, maybe time's going a little bit too fast. Mm -hmm. and, Somebody know. sped up the clock and didn't tell us. That's right. I mean, like a minute's not really a minute. I think a minute has been <laughs> changed to 45 seconds. We just don't. It seemed like 2020 lasted 20 years, but now yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. really. it's like crazy. It's crazy. Like, I guess, you know, you can just erase that last 10 minutes of me blathering on. And I think it just comes back down to, you know, it's gone. First things first, you know, that principle of putting first things first and, you know, where you're, what happens in your life is where you put your focus, you know? So if you want, uh, you know, if you want a good relationship with your family, then you focus on your family. And if you want, you know, if you, you know, want to be a good doctor, you better focus on what your patient's telling you and everything you're doing and training. And if you want, you know, if you want to be good at cooking your food and not burning it or whatever, mm -hmm. watch the stove. <laughs> right. That'll be my, definitely my weakness. There. <laughs> your weakness is cooking. Oh, not necessarily, but as far as getting distracted, yeah. Definitely. Oh, okay. I got you. When I start cooking, somebody calls me. I'm like, oh, we're <laughs> going off or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You're on call and you have to go and do whatever. But yeah, uh, I have to, if I'm cooking, I, it's like many things in my life. If I'm doing something, I have to devote a hundred percent attention to it. Like I have to turn my phone off. I have to, you know, I can't have the, 
TV yeah. on. You can have the radio playing. Yep. I just uh, want to give a shout out to Courtney Dickinson, who happens to uh, be watching here tonight and said, uh, uh, Dr. Webb and Skip Clark, love you guys. Of course, uh, we love you right back. She's awesome. Absolutely. I mean, Courtney's one of the artists I've written with during yep. the pandemic. She's a great writer and amazing artist. If you don't know her, go check her out. Definitely. Yeah. She, uh, she does a lot on her own. She's pushing her own music to radio. She's doing it all on her own. So, and it's a tough job. And you're, you know, I mean, I know you have a team behind you, but still, being an independent artist is hard. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges I think is it's uh, there's so many keys to success in the music industry. Like for the level that we're, that I'm going after, you know what I mean? It's uh, you know I could have my band and Tulsa and be you know, just do cover bands and, and, you know, cover songs and stuff like that. And, and you can be successful in, in a lot of different ways. And that's one of the great things about the music industry now. I mean, there's certainly problems and, and difficulty, but that's one good, you know, it's probably never been easier. I mean, 2020 and the whole world shutting down excluded is probably, you know, never been easier to, uh, to be able to kind of make a living at music. Cause you have so many different things that you can do, you know, from film and TV placement to, you know, music and I'm like, you know, playing live and, and things, but, uh, but at the same time, there's more competition. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's very difficult as an indie artist because you don't, uh, you know, unless you've got the 20 million payola or whatever the, the major label, yeah. Uh, yeah. Our major label puts behind the, the latest blue eyed beefcake from whichever label <laughs> that's putting out the same. Get on the tailgate song, uh, you know, without that, you're not necessarily looked at as serious, you know, so there's a much higher, uh, there's a barrier to entry on that for, you know, like upper levels. And that's, you know, that's the way it has to be because the barriers to entry to recording something have never been lower. So anybody can put something out on Spotify and uh, regardless of quality, kind of, you know, I'm not yeah. calling anybody out or saying that people do that. I'm just saying, it's an example, I can. I could, you know, I don't play banjo, but I could pick up a banjo and, and, and sing something, and get out on Spotify. And, you know, you're probably inundated with a lot of people locally and that want you to play their music. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's a music industry thing that people don't get, but right. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit more difficult, but you, then you have to kind of, you know, figure out, you know, what are the pieces and one of the pieces is, is, you know, playing, you know, right. Cause mm -hmm. if I'm playing, at the amphitheater in Syracuse, it's it's more germane to your listeners, right? For you, you know, there's a better reason for you to play my song, uh, and a lot of people don't get that, but it, it is, you know. So one of the cool things during the pandemic is uh, I actually there's a new agency called the Banner Agency that kind of focuses on independent artists. So starting to get booked with them. Uh, I mean, starting to look forward to potential bookings here once everything kind of opens back up. So. I think that'll be uh, that'll be helpful because I can't wait to really get up there and play some bigger shows in your neck of the woods. Right? Um, well, you know, we'd love to have you. There's no doubt about that. And even if you're close by, just let us know. And I'm sure Deb and I would uh, make a little bit of a trip to come and visit and watch. So because mm -hmm. we know your talent, you're awesome, brother. You're awesome. Oh, thanks. And uh, you mentioned earlier. I know Deb mentioned uh, the kids. You, you're a family man, obviously. You're a dad of is it three girls? Three. I've got two girls. It's girl boy girl. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, my, theoretically, I, I thought, well, the middle child is the boy. So that'll kind of offset some of that attention, maybe. But, uh, you know, it kind of works that way. Kind of doesn't, too. But, uh, yeah, I've got a, my oldest is 16 and she's like 5'11. You know, I crazy, you know, uh, jealous. She, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? And, you know, I don't know where she got that from. <laughs> she played basketball. Oh, 
yeah. yeah. She, you know, she'd been active in, in volleyball and things like that. And, uh, right now that, you know, now they're all dealing with, you know, growing up here. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I can imagine when if I was in high school and, you know, all these things that you don't get to go, these rites of passages and things that are just kind of been put on hold because of it. Uh, it's kind of crazy. And then my son's 13 and he is, uh, He's really a very hands-on construction tinker engineer type person. You know, he'd always kind of loved Legos, and uh, the more I see that, the more he likes building stuff. He's actually, you know, he's getting into woodworking, and mm-hmm. so that's that's always fun to do. And then plus, he's a Star Wars nut. So, uh, oh, awesome! So I never in a million years would have thought I would have have a son that was a Star Wars nut. You know, growing up because he's got um, the lightsabers. Yeah, it's like from so long ago, and then all this, all this new stuff has come out. Yeah, and then our youngest, she's right now currently her. We just uh, we just got a horse that she's uh, riding because she's you know been obsessed with horses. So um, she spends all her time that she can doing that, which isn't as much as she would like, obviously. <laughs> well, Deb, Deb, you had horses. Yep, I used to ride. It was one of my favorite pastimes. Yeah. Oh. But I had children and then didn't have time to ride. So we had to right. put that on the back burner for a while. Yeah. So, I, I enjoyed riding when I was when I was a kid. I had a horse movie, you know. So I yeah, absolutely. And and do you, you are you on a farm or do you have like a stable for the horse or you know, I just Yeah, you know it's uh it's it's interesting because we live in the city. Now we live okay. we're lucky in that we live like at the back of this addition uh, that's next to a creek, so it really feels like we're in the middle of the wood. Then uh, we have a bunch of coyotes, you know, you know, wildlife and stuff. But we're also like you know five minutes from Walmart, uh, and that's a suburb, and that's me coming from. I grew up on a farm, you know. I grew up on like a little you know ten acre farm, and yeah. like every morning I was out you know taking care of the animals and walking you know to the barn and. and carrying water and stuff like that. And there is, uh, you know, there's this connection with nature that I have still that my kids don't necessarily have. I think that's kind of the biggest uh, drawback, I think, you know, as far as generational difference there, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, yeah, I, I read something recently about Bob Marley kind of talking about that too, because he grew up early in uh, rural Jamaica and they moved to Kingston, I think when he was like 12. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, some of the way that things relate in his lyrics kind of come with that uh, connection with the natural world, just a little bit differently, you know, yeah. you're so, more dependent on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought that I'm looking at Oh, I that. thought you were going to say, no, <laughs> <laughs> I actually was going to ask, um, you actually are showing our viewers that it's really never too late to start following a dream that you want to pursue because you were already into your medical career at this point, right? When you started writing. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, that's and one of those other isms that I think, you know, is invaluable in life is that, uh, you know, you never, you don't regret the things you didn't do, or you only regret the things you didn't do, right? You didn't know, do, right. Doesn't fail. I mean, those are things that you, you know, learn and you have failures and triumphs and, and the agony mm-hmm. In life, but the things that you, uh, you know, dreams and passions or whatever, especially if you feel like a calling on something that that's left unfulfilled, I think that's you know that's 
kind of scares me, you know, to think yeah. I wanted to look back on life and, and to think, uh, looking back now, you know, I've been doing this, what, about eight years and like the success we've had already. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to be like knocking Garth Brooks off the arena tour chart anytime soon, but, but just to look at the, uh, you know, the richness and the music that I've, I've been able to create and, and, uh, you know, to the success that we've had, frankly, you know, it's pretty, pretty amazing to think, you know, that all comes from just deciding really all just started with, you know, me thinking, what is it about all these songs that I can't get out of my head? You know, or pursued it. Right. But you decided to pursue it. You could have just written songs and performed locally and kind of stayed low key. Or you sit there and think, gee, what would it be like if I really tried to take this to Nashville and try to write songs for other artists or take my songs and get them out there on the radio and all this? I mean, there's so many different levels that one could decide to do. And when you're already embedded into a family, embedded into a career, it's very easy to just stay on the low end of that. Um, and I don't mean low end. I mean low in time consumption yeah. and things like that. It's probably the smart thing to do, right? But it's also right. the, it's also the safe bet, right? Yeah, it's all you know. There's another ism, you know. Uh, the saddest thing about reaching your goals is you didn't set them high enough, right? Uh -huh. So if you're going to do something, uh, you know, what I've learned in my life, uh, you know, whether that's you know back in high school or in medical school or or, or even in my practice, is that we do the work, you know, we go to college, we do whatever, you know, we study something, you know, whatever we're doing, you know, we, uh, we do something that we're, that we're pursuing to, and we get good at it. You know, the amount of love and the amount of investment and, and work that we've invested in that to get to the good level, it's not very much more to get to the great, you know, mm -hmm. uh, kind of got the majority of that. And so, you know, we just, it's about tweaking things on some side, like I'm sure you probably discovered in the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. You know what I have here? You know what this is? Now, see, right. <laughs> he's so low key and so smooth. Now, let's rock out. This is the, the new single that's out. Here we go. Halfway between Deep Fork and the Buckeye Creek. Amongst the briar thickets and the blackjack trees. Papa lived there in a rusty tin roof shack. With the blacksmith's forge that poured out clouds of smoke out back. When the markets crashed and the hard times came, the law would be the way. And he made up for ski whiskey. See, that's that's what it's all about. We talked to yeah. James, and he's so like smooth and so <laughs> and some great advice. And this song is awesome. This is like the other side of James here. It's a good side. Don't get me wrong. This, this yeah. thing is rocking. It's going to be hard to say on the radio, but uh, I think I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I just it the, I'm not uh, even going to attempt it. Oh, <laughs> whiskey, whiskey. Yeah. Uh, I oh, think this is an all ages podcast, right? What? What's that? Yes. This is an all ages podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, uh, you know, after, after the show, I've got to tell you what one of my band, one of my band members misheard this as. So, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. 
talk about that afterwards. The legend. Mm-hmm. They won't. The podcast listeners, unfortunately, won't get to hear that. But, mm-hmm. but you all will. So well, that's okay. all cool. And we got a little something, something for you afterwards, anyway. So you got to hang on when we get down here tonight. But uh, absolutely. You know, let me ask you, what's the weather like in Tulsa right now? It's not bad. I mean, it was uh, probably mid sixties today. I think seemed like. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt actually, so I had a sweater on this morning. But uh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty nice and clear the last couple of days. It's you know, of course, it's before it's been raining, and you know, it's just like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway. Right, it's changing. Ahead, if, you don't like it, if you don't like it, hang around. It'll change. Right? Oh, I know. Go ahead, Deb. Tell them what's it like here. Oh my gosh. Well, let's see. Last twenty four hours, we pretty much had a blizzard, <laughs> exactly. windy, blustery. You know, yeah, ruddy roads. But we we can't really complain too much because it's been our first major snow since early December, maybe. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. I love when they say the big storm. You know, it's eight inches, ten inches for us. It's nothing. We go to work. We get out. We wipe right. off our cars. New York City. You know, they're closing down. This, that, the other thing. Mm-hmm. But the, to us, if it's a big storm, it's got to be a couple of feet of snow. This is not a, right. not in my opinion anyway. That's not, not a big storm to me. But you're right. Big uh, enough for them to close remote schools. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, we got all that remote learning going on. So what's, I mean, I don't know if we get no. snow days anymore. So No, the- they do. <laughs> well, Thank God my kids are out of the school system because I would be going ballistic right now. Mm-hmm. Remote learning, you're all at home and you have to close the school today. I just would not buy that. So- <laughs> are they doing it where you are, James, the remote learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of- uh, you know, there's kind of a push right now to get kids in school as much as possible. But like the Tulsa right. Uh, the Tulsa Public School District, which is the largest one in the area we live in, has been out since March, like last year. Oh wow! So they've been all distance learning. Uh, the my kids go to a, a private school that uh, they've had the option to distance learn, and we have a lot of people that do that. But uh, we've kind of chose to stay in. However, you know, right now I've got uh, one of one of our kids' classes is completely out. They're all gone the distance because there's a bunch of cases. You know, there have been a bunch of cases. Or I say a bunch, but just enough that uh, I get one person, one class and another that they were quarantining. So they just made the decision now for them to go out. So uh, it's plus and minus, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, you know, there's so many factors with that, right? I mean, most of the kids get it. They don't have a problem, but you really have to look at who is the contact that like if you got grandparents or really more issue that I think a lot of times, not, not all the time, but one of the bigger issues is like, you know, teachers that are higher risk, you know, teachers in their sixties and, uh, or that have uh, problems, you know, health problems that make mm-hmm. them acceptable. And that's kind of the issue, you know, talking about hazard pay and stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's probably where it's a bigger issue for, for risk. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they say the schools are not really the, the big issue. If you know, with the spreading of everything that's going on, but uh, I, I'm not going to go down that road. But anyways, you want to hear a lot of different uh, stories, and it's you know I'm getting it's, into, it's um, crazy. It's so part, you know, it's been co-opted to be so partisan on both sides. And then you know another issue now is the back, you know, the vaccine, and you know the Moderna vaccine isn't really a vaccine, but it's kind of like a next generation thing that works like a vaccine. Okay, but. Uh, then the other problem is that the anti-vaxxer movement has gotten to muddying the waters and, and spreading like whatever they think too, which, you know, those are all kind of, there's so much 
so many uh, problems in 2020 compounded by the fact that people are like on the media trying to understand what's going on. Are we going to die right. today? You know, and so uh, so much misinformation from all sides, and then it's hard to know, right? You know, it is. It uh, is. I know physicians that are confused about stuff, and you know. Yeah, and and I would understand how. I mean, it's just crazy if you you don't watch the television, but if you sit down and watch the news, and every every network's got something that's pretty it's different, and you don't know what to believe, you don't know which way to turn, you don't know what to do. But I, I don't want to get into all that right here. But I want to know. Change up here a little. Let's. Um, what do you do for fun? I mean, I know you're a doctor, putting out music, but when you want to just leave it all behind, is there something that you go and do? You know, it's usually like taking a trip with the family. That's that's yeah. usually it. Like if we go to Disneyland or we go to a you know rent a lake house or, or mm-hmm. uh, you know we we were trying to do some travel for uh, for uh, spring break coming up, but we just decided we're going to stay home and we're going to go. We have a farm that and we're going to go fishing and stuff like that. So very nice. Well, uh, you know, that's usually for me. And then plus, that's the most relaxing thing for me is to kind of get back to nature. You know, get outdoors or or whatever. So. Absolutely. I agree. Our kids don't have enough of that these days. Yes. And, and uh, that's one of my parental guilt things I have, especially mm-hmm. you know, that, that generational thing. My kids aren't, I'm not shutting my kids out of the house and telling them they can't come home until supper you know, and locking the door. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and what do you, what do your kids uh, think about you as an artist? Oh, you know, it, it's mixed. <laughs> But the good thing is they're honest. You know, uh, my kids generally like it. You know, it just depends. And of course, you know, my 16 year old is, uh, you know, she's in a peer group and she likes her own stuff right now. You know, as she was growing up, she always enjoyed it. But then it's always kind of like, you know, everybody, you know, you always like your family stuff, right? You know, your your son or your daughter or your mom or your aunt or whoever is a singer, you know, you're always going to like them. And I think that's the that's one of the hurdles you have to professionally have to get over is, you know, we get feedback because everybody, you know, your, your friends and family always love your stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to get to where everybody's friends and family love it. But um, my, my son's getting old enough where he's a little more selective and like, he's into uh, like, he's been listening to Nirvana lately. So I was like, oh, really? like, I mean, I, I introduced him to Nirvana pretty early on, but uh, now that he's kind of come back to that, uh, and, is really nice. like I'm kind of proud, and he's mentioned heart shaped box last night. I said, Oh, okay, well, have you heard my heart shaped box? Because I'm doing a piano project, and that's one of the songs I covered on it. That it's oh, wow, but yeah, so he, he listened and thought it was pretty cool. So, yeah, you know, and it amazes me. You talk about your son who is 13, you said, correct? Yeah, yeah, so in Nirvana was how many years ago? Smells yeah, like being spirit. I mean, I it when Cobain died. wasn't it around 94, 95. Yeah, like I want to say it was probably low to mid nineties at the most. Yeah, I think so. Right. What I, the one thing I remember is I went off to college and I came back. That was, so it would have been the fall of 92 when, when this, when Nirvana kind of broke. Okay. I came back, uh, came back to a high school game and, and one of the, uh, former drum drum guys that was in the band, Said, hey, have you heard this? Blah blah blah. He's he's the one that turned me on to Nirvana. So, and that was when that uh, Nevermind album came out. Yeah. Do you still listen to bands like Nirvana or some of the heavier stuff? Yeah, I like everything. I mean, I uh, uh, I really do like everything. So, um, I have. It annoys me a little bit when people say, you know, like I listen to everything, you know, because 
what how you define everything but yeah. I, I really like music from all kinds of uh, eras and epics and genres you know and i would i'm trying to uh i think i kind of probably identify with what uh, quincy jones you know his kind of philosophy is either good or bad music right yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> that's true it's either good or bad yeah you're kind of erasing the genres and i i think well, I mean, when you look at Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson's success, you know, for example, in the 80s, I mean, it wasn't really about genres, you know, it wasn't about, we're not trying to do Quiet Storm, or we're not trying to do what, whatever, it's just about, you know, the music. Have, um, have your kids heard you on the radio? Uh, I think so. I don't know that they've heard me lately, because I, I don't know if they... Because they mostly listen to XM with their mom, is what I'm saying now lately. Uh, so Tulsa Time was on Willie's Roadhouse, and I think there's a I think we're uh, pretty sure we're gonna. I'm hoping that we're gonna get uh, Oak Fusky Whiskey is gonna be on Outlaw Country. Oh, very cool. I think it would be a good fit, right? You know, so we'll, it would be an excellent fit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And take advantage of those avenues to get your music out there, because if you if you hit satellite radio, it's huge. There's no, you know, right. It's crazy. I mean, the, uh, the royalties I got for, uh, you know, Tulsa time being on, even though it wasn't a song that I wrote, you know, for being right. like Willie's yeah. Roadhouse was, you know, it's almost, I'm, it didn't, it wasn't more than everything else I made from, from music, uh, from royalties that year, but it was pretty close. It was just kind of, yeah, let's get us some more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe I need to like be a, pursuing like the coffee house or like um, <laughs> or something, but yeah, I do like, I do like all kinds of music. So uh, that's cool. What do you play in the office? What do I play in the, Oh, like music listen to. Yeah. What to, uh, do you have music in the office? Uh, maybe as you know, usually let, we haven't been listening to music in the office the last couple months. I don't know why I usually let my staff kind of pick it. Oh, okay. So rather than, or I'll say here, play this or whatever, but, most of the time I kind of let them pick. And I think one of the, their favorite ones, like the anesthesiologists, like uh, one of them liked uh, a playlist called hip hop Bar barbecue, I think. No, I don't know. So it had like a lot of nineties and some hip hop. Oh, stuff. All right. All right. Like bell bit DeVoe. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, have like that. And it might have some Snoop dog and it might have like, it might have like uh, Pearl jam or, you know, some other things like that. It's they dance, put the needle in you. You're moving around. Exactly right. And it's like, Do I know that song? <laughs> and you don't know that song. You might know Belle Bib DeVoe. Poison. And what was the song that you were saying? I, I didn't quite catch that. I'm sorry. Try it. Try me again. No, 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 no. I was I was just oh. saying that the you know they're trying to put a needle in you and the, they're moving around and, and you're oh. off. I'm saying oh, that. I got you trying to put a needle in the patient. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like one of my most uh, common requests by patients is sing me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> they probably need to write a song called Sing Me to Sleep, maybe. You should. Yeah. Kind of like interesting. And uh, does your staff, they know what you do, obviously. They know that uh, you're right to sing. Yeah. And it's, you know, like I say, it's always, it's just like That's everybody cool. has something, right? And it's just yeah. most doctors do, you know, play golf or whatever. But if I go play golf, I, I love being out on the, I love being out in nature, you know, and I love walking, of course. But mm -hmm. I can do okay for like, five or six holes, but then at some point I try to like swing like tire woods and throw my back out and I got to bring me a mirror and I'm like, you know, trying to do an injection on myself or something. Oh, there you but go. I just, you know, music, it's just, that's the passion, you know, that's what, what's always been there since I was a little kid. You know, yeah. Man, I, piano. 
It's so cool that Deb and I had a chance to sit down with you here tonight and just kind of play catch up a little bit and find out more about you. And uh, you're in your home, we're in our homes. And uh, it's great that we can do this. Who would have ever thought, you know, we've been doing this a little over a year now, but who would have ever thought that this would be the way it's going to be for a little bit? And actually, it has its upside because I don't know what else we would be doing. Um, you know, talking to the artist and, and at least, you know, exposing you to hopefully some new fans and, right. and so on and so forth. And you got new music coming out. Now, if somebody wants to um, look into you a little bit more, you've got a website and social media. I know you say you don't do much on social media. Yeah. For reasons, I totally get that. But there are avenues to get your music, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and maybe a... Maybe I do more social media than I admit to there, but uh, yeah, I mean the best. If pick your social media poison, and it's James Robert Webb. Uh, mm-hmm. JamesRobertWebb.com is is my website, and that has links to everything. Uh, and pick your poison on what you listen. You know, if you listen to Spotify or iTunes or Deezer or uh, Tidal or whatever, and we're we're going to be on there. Uh, so Oak Fusky Whiskey, we just came out with a radio edit there uh, that's just coming out and. Uh, we actually on the 19th, so 19th of February, we have a new song called A Horse Named Freedom that's coming out. It's not going to radio, but it's a digital release. So uh, if you follow me on Spotify or whatever, you'll be seeing a lot more digital releases that aren't necessarily like to radio, but showing different sides of me. Like this one's kind of like, I don't know, Billy Joel meets uh, North Brooks or something. I don't know. You know. It's kind of a piano vocal thing. Uh, so it's just a different side. And, you know, if we get a huge response to that, we might end up taking it to Buddy and we might, you know, do a full production on it. But, uh, yeah, so in on socials, feel free. Don't be bashful. Yeah. Tag me and say hi. Uh, you can slide into my DMs. It's fine. Uh, I'll <laughs> I'll say hi. Uh, I like to, you know, I like to interact with fans. Yeah, no, that's good. that's good. Yeah. So We always say one fan at a time. So. One fan at a time, baby. You know, you'll be making new fans tonight. And then the the yeah. other advantage to this is that, you know, fans get to learn, you know, existing fans, people that know me before get to know, learn something new that nobody else knows. Right. Exactly. And the, the thing is, as we mentioned before, James Robert Webb is an independent artist. He does have a team behind him, but he's doing a majority of it himself. And it's like running a business. And he obviously yeah. runs a business. Yeah. And Deb knows a lot about that as well, that it takes a lot to make it work, but you're not being governed by the big labels. You're, and independent. I can't say that enough. And I give you guys a lot of credit for what you do. Yeah. So my, my uh, responsibility I see because of that this year is to try to go as, in as many different directions and, you know, just create music, you know, and not worry about the genre and not worry about, uh, you know, obviously what we're not going to release. I'm not going to, you know, if I go and do some hip hop uh, rapping song or, you know, like a jazz album, I'm not going to try to you know release that on and get skipped to play right. on Wolf, but uh, you know, experimenting, trying to find you know different sounds and, and and not being afraid to fall a little bit. Right, right, right. And the nice thing about you, Doc. Now I call you Doc. Is you know you do have a career, you do have something going. So let's say your dream doesn't really work out. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't see that happening, but at least you've yeah. got your career, you got a beautiful family, you got a beautiful home. Right. And yeah, you, you've done a lot for yourself. You deserve a lot of credit for what you've done. So and I have a great, you know, great way to spend my time when I'm <laughs> doing those other things, you know, writing songs and, and exactly. everything else. So yeah, what's yeah. not the like for me? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, super lucky. I mean going back to that, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. I mean, I am like you know, I got medicine and I've got music, and they're both things I love to do. So, and if I can, the M and M's, 
The M and M's, man. That's right. <laughs> Music, baby. M and M's. Have you got some questions there? We're going to throw it to uh, James, or uh, what do you think? We have a few fun questions for you. Uh -huh. I'm ready. So I'm oh. trying to find out a few little secrets secrets out of you. Okay. Let's see. Um, let's see. What did I pick out tonight? What should we learn in high school? What should let me say? What should we learn in high school that they don't teach us? What well, I guess more for your kids. What would what would you like them to to learn in high school that they really don't teach? I mean, us. We're talking generational stuff, so I yeah, have we don't learn on the same page. Yeah, what's that? You mean like uh, things that we learned in high school that they're not teaching today? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good question, man. I don't know. There's always like the pluses and minuses, but you know, I, I if I could if I could teach kids and in everybody, you know, it's that uh, one of the problems with education is that we everybody gets kind of forced into this square peg round hole type thing mm -hmm. and people have different strengths and just because you know there might be a reason that if you struggle in math it might be there might be a reason for that you know it's because you're it's not because you suck or you're terrible or you're not smart uh, mm -hmm. you know like uh, my son has dyslexia for example and he has dysgraphia which means like it's 10 times harder for him to write something neatly than me mm -hmm. uh, so uh, just be, you know, you can have something like that and you can still, that doesn't mean you're not smart because uh, being smart and intelligent and being able to learn things is not, a, you know, not always correspond to how you do in school. Right. Mm -hmm. So don't, you know, don't get discouraged about that. You know, there's a, you know, if you could, I guess I could, could you be taught intuition, you know, like follow your heart and kind of to mm -hmm. trust your judgment, you know, the, that part of yourself that's telling you, you know, I should be doing this, or maybe I shouldn't do that, or maybe I shouldn't get in the car with these guys. You know, I've got a funny feeling. Right, right. right. Yeah. You made me think of something um, when I was growing up, you know, the way they, this is the way they taught us division was, mm -hmm. I feel like such a simple way to, right. to a number before the calculator. Now the way they teach these kids division, it's this, contraption i swear that i couldn't right. even like this is not making any sense where, where do they even come up with this what was wrong with the way they taught us how to do division way well, back when it's true i i think it's a i mean personally i, I think it's just an attack on western civilization you know is <laughs> yeah seriously, unfortunately I, I think there's you know you had plenty of you know things at work and uh, we're kind of in a situation in our country where we're apologists for being American, you know, and I'm not trying to yeah. say to be like, you know, super, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one party or the other, but I mean, there's, there's reasons that America has been successful and mm -hmm. we have our problems, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I think most, most people in America kind of, you know, five years ago, six years ago, we were getting along pretty well, you know, so don't yeah. let the, don't let the media fool you and make you think that we're, that we all hate each other. Right, right. Get off. Get off of Twitter. Forget. Put the Twitter. That's right. right. <laughs> nothing. Nothing good comes from Twitter. All that social media stuff. Talk, that I, I really have conversations with people around you. you know, yes. Stuff, right. And try to find common ground. Right. It's, uh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. No. Yeah, I, be a militant moderate. <laughs> militant yeah. moderate. I'll remember militant that. Moderate. Yeah, that's right. Militant moderate. Um, let's All see. Right, What's another one? Uh, do you have pets? I Different don't. Pets? I love it. Oh well, you have a horse, kind of. Yeah. But the horse is not in your house. Yeah, so this question is. was 
was going to be if my pet could talk what would it say about me it's kind of horse mm. i know what would your horse say about you yo he's tall <laughs> <laughs> or be like like your daughter is so tall how tall is your wife yeah my wife's five four so oh wow but, but if i think back to like you know my you know the last uh you know, like the last dog I had when I was probably, you know, a teenager or whatever, he'd, he'd probably be like, you know, where's that guy going? You know, because he used to spend all the time with me, right? And now he's like, yeah. or he's like chasing girls or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. How times change. Yeah. One more. All right. Yeah. So if you could pick a place where you'd like to go one day, where might that be? Oh, gosh. Hmm. Um, you know, I, th I think about there's so many. I love to travel, right? And there's so many amazing places in the world, and uh, it, so it's kind of cool trying to like explore a lot of the cool things around where we're stuck right now, right? right? And trying to find things at home. But uh, you know, one thing that keeps coming back to me is I'd like to go to. Uh, I don't want to climb Everest, but I would like to go to Timbuktu. Mm. Nice, nice. I often think about that. I'm like, where would I really want to go? I probably want to try to find somewhere in our own country. Yeah, I don't know yeah. Where there is so much to see here in our. There is, and that's been one of the greatest blessings of being an independent artist, is you know the radio tours and being you know crisscrossing the country and seeing. I have like in the last few years, I've really been blessed to be able to see so many different parts of this country that few people ever do you know i mean there's there's a lot of road warrior people that you know uh, are driving all over the time but you know like most people that i hang out with have not have not right. had the opportunity to see you know like the cascades yeah. and you know like yeah. the smoky mountains and and the sonoran desert and you know <laughs> or you know i got to see the liberty bell you know a couple of right. Right. go to the ozarks right i've been the ozarks right exactly i, I got to i know I know where the thousand islands are now, right? right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because you came in, you made a visit. Exactly. Right. And the finger yeah. Like, yeah. Water down. yeah. See our buddy Stan. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's kind of amazing all the things I've got to see. And, but yeah, you're right. I, I do, I do think there's just so much you could just spend mm -hmm. a little time here and not yeah. see. There's so much to see and do right here, right here at home. Yeah. And we don't do it. And we are our own worst enemies when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. We are, man. Yeah. yeah no, the other thing is, there's so much to see and do here that we don't you know, ever look inward right. to, and that's that's kind of where I, I struggle as well. So. James, it's been a pleasure to chat with you tonight. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and and uh, you know, about you talk about your music, talk about your life, talk about your family, talk about everything that's going on. By the way, what's the name of the horse? Uh, his name's Poppy. Like. Like Papa, the Poppy, but they call him Poppy. Yeah, mm -hmm. cool. he's twenty years old. He's a sorrel. You know, oh, he's a good Oh wow! But, uh, yeah, and but he's uh, yeah, he's our newest member of our family. So that's cool. That's cool. Again, thank you so much for uh, joining us here tonight, finding out about you. And uh, if you're watching this or anytime, please check him out. Just Google James yeah. Robert Webb, and you're going to get his socials. You're going to find out everything you need to know. That's the wonders about the internet now. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. right, not hiding much. Yeah. If I wasn't an artist, I wouldn't want any of this information out there. I'd be, you know, be kind of a real private person, but it's like, you can't be an artist. And, and 
no, no. And, uh, you know, we do appreciate that. And, and the thing is when we do these and we, we talk about, um, we know you're an artist and most people know you're an artist, but you're also a real person. And I say that all the time. And we just, you know, you have a life, you've got kids, you've got a, you know, you've got a horse per se. I mean, there's <laughs> more to you. Right. Really. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. So, well, and you all likewise are real people too. And that's, that's another cool thing about this podcast is that, you know, that gets to put a little bit, you know, interaction and face and personality a little bit more than you get to hear, you know, on the, on the drive or whatever. Right. Whatever right. Drive. Exactly. When you're yeah. trying to not spill your coffee on yourself, getting to work, you know, well, I've done that many a time. Believe me. So anyways, James Robert Webb uh, on behalf of Deb and I, Deb with the country music fan club. And by the way, her, give your, um, all your details about, um, your, your social. Oh. Check us out on Facebook at the official CMFC and we're on Instagram and we're on Twitter. Same thing. So uh, if you get a chance, James, like our page, we'll be following you as well. When something new comes back, comes out, we'll be sending the, the, uh, the waves out to, to all our followers to let them know what's going on. Thank you so much. I definitely will. And of course, with Skip Happens, you can follow us on YouTube and of course the Facebook page as well and uh, subscribe as well. James Robert Webb, everybody. James, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. You're very welcome. Thanks, Skip. Thanks, Deb. Thank you.